Hey there! Thank you for tuning in to Trans Planar RPG! We are an all-transgender, people-of-color-led, 100% homebrew, Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition livestreamed actual play campaign set in an original, non-colonial, anti-orientalist world. I am your Game Master, Connie, my pronouns are they, he, and she, and this is my cast. My name is C, I use they, them pronouns, and I play Okahaye, an Asamar blood hunter slash monster hunting expert. I'm Erica, and I play V Shurzo, your lovable elf sorcerer slash charlatan with draconic ancestry. My name is Lyra, and I use they-she pronouns. I play Manaya Wairua, a half-orc fighter with a sailing background. I'm Max, my pronouns are they-them, and I play Dewey Quirk, an Aarakocra artificer and researcher on the run from his former employers at the Ohanahi Research Laboratory. You can support Transplaner RPG by pledging to our Patreon. Patrons get early access to episodes, character sheets, high-res assets, and much, much more. As a heads up, this podcast is stitched together from the video of our Twitch streams. I promise the audio quality improves as we upgrade our gear, and I'm so excited for you to listen to this campaign. So, with that out of the way, here are the content warnings for this episode. Content warnings for this episode include death of loved ones, squelching noises, a multitude of limbs, tooth gore, and interpersonal conflict. Arc 1, Episode 4 a garden disguised as ferns. From the poem Sympathy for Satan in Exiles of Eden by Ladon Osman. A canticle of beak and feather, the blood-shorn birth of new worlds. Death singing out of an echo of itself, the glossy eye of imitation. Forty days ago, on the night of Bear's End, Dr. Hitsagaten Aluso descends a flight of weathered stone stairs, carrying a torch to illuminate the darkness and the narrow passageway below her. Squeak trails behind him, her large, bulbous black eyes blinking nervously in the darkness. Eventually, Hitsagaten's boots touch down on a flat but narrow landing, overlooking a vast cylindrical cavern with a massive structure inside stretching all the way from bottom to top. A towering, vertical device that resembles a twisting spire with wickedly sharp blades, like some sort of massive auger, over ten feet wide and several dozen feet tall. Arcane runes engraved along the metallic blades of this device glow gently, illuminating the doctor's serious face as they begin to descend a flight of stairs that winds down along the wall of this cylindrical cavern. Eventually, Dr. Aluso and Squeak reach the ground floor, and the two of them approach the base of this structure which appears to extend even deeper into the earth. The doctor hands the torch to Squeak, and begins fiddling with a small metal panel attached to the device through a complex series of wires and tubing. The panel hums and buzzes, and a holographic display of arcane runes identical to the ones etched along the blades of this device light up in front of Hitsagaten's face. The doctor frowns deeply. Just as I feared... Squeak glances over a terrible realization dawning on her face. So, your theory is true? 
there's going to be another one? Tonight? Not just another one, Squeak. The worst one Antake's ever had. By far. We have to warn someone. If we leave now and take Mumu, we can cross the chasm and reach the clans in just a few hours. I'm afraid there's no time, Squeak. Then what are we supposed to do? Just sit here and let people get hurt? Or worse? No, of course not. But right now, it's too late. Our best course of action is to brace ourselves, prepare for the fallout, tidy up the cottage. We'll be expecting guests. Guests? The doctor smiles grimly. Of course, in times of catastrophe, there are always heroes. And heroes always know where to look. And now we fast forward 40 days to the present, where the four of you, Manaya, Oka, Dewey, and V, sit in the living room of Dr. Hitsagaten Aluso's cottage. The doctor sips his tea and nods grimly at your party. Go ahead, ask your questions. I'm sure you have many. Where did they go? The gods? I'm not sure, but they're definitely not here anymore. I'm not even sure if they remain in the beyond. Then where could they have gone? If they're not in the beyond, where else is there? I have a theory, but I need more evidence. I need more information to verify it. I'm not sure if the gods are gone so much as we are gone from them. What do you mean by we are gone from them? It would take a catastrophe of extreme magical power to wipe out the gods completely. Something unprecedented, essentially, since the birth of this universe. So I don't think that's what happened. It would take a significant amount of energy and magic to rip us, the now, from the after and the beyond, but less than it would to eradicate the gods entirely. I'm pretty sure that's what happened, as opposed to the gods vanishing on us, we have vanished on them. Do you have any idea who would have such power to be able to do such a thing? No, I don't. But I... If I can tell you the truth, I almost saw this coming. What do you mean? What do you mean? Well, of course, I didn't know the stars would disappear and the gods would no longer answer our prayers, and honestly, I'm not quite sure what's going on with these strange monsters walking our lands now. Though I have my theories, but I did know something would happen this year. They sort of uh, clear their throat, they take another sip of tea, and they say, I have a device in my laboratory that I've been working on for. 22 years of my life now. I originally made it to track what I call magical hotspots, which is another theory I've been developing about the nature of arcane magic, but my machine picked up on something I wasn't looking for 21 years ago. I wasn't sure what it was, it looked like a spike on the readout, which means some kind of enormous magical disturbance occurred that wasn't felt physically necessarily, but had dire magical consequences. And out of curiosity, I followed up on some leads that came to me at the time, and I discovered something odd. Magical creatures that were inherently good aligned had gone berserk at the exact moment that my readout spiked. So too did I encounter stories of storm-tossed ships, uh, missing peoples, strange deaths, unknown illnesses. 
And then the same kind of spike occurred again seven years ago. I followed up on similar lines of inquiry and discovered similar effects, magical beasts running amok, inexplicable natural disasters, vanishings, deaths. If you're mathematically inclined, you may have already put together that the first spike, which happened 22 years ago from today, occurred 14 years before the second. I had a hunch, and so I dove into my research. I looked up accounts of inexplicable anomalies put together by those who came before me. And when I placed all my notes in a row, I had created this. And Hitsagutin gets up, she goes over to one of her bookshelves and she pulls out a thick, a very, like this big, scroll. She unfurls it across her coffee table in front of you and reveals a long, long, long graph that plops onto the floor and continues to roll across the rug. Uh, and you see that the X, X axis of this graph is labeled year and the Y axis is labeled magical activity. And the line runs horizontally across the graph, right? And for the most part, it's relatively even and pretty low, uh, except for the fact that it has little blips at intervals that start out far apart, but get closer and closer and higher and higher as we approach the end of the X axis, which is today's date. And Dr. Aluso points at the latest spike on 405 AT, that fateful night that the four of you met and the stars disappeared. And you see that that spike is much, much higher than the previous one. In fact, it almost disappears right off the graph. And Oluso says, the vanishing, which is what people are calling it now, happened about 40 days ago with a seven year long dry spell before the previous spike. And Dr. Oluso points out another spike on the graph. Before that, the dry spell lasted 14 years, meaning that particular spike was 21 years ago from today, a year after I first built my machine. And then she points at the next spike before that. And before that, I discovered that the dry spell lasted 28 years, points at the next one, 56 years, points at the next one, 112 years, 224 years, 448 years. Now, I don't know if you've been keeping track. Uh, yes, Manaya? Did you tell anyone? Did you work with anyone else? It's just been me. I tend to work on my inventions and my theories alone. I've... I didn't warn the people? I... Did you talk to any government officials about this? I did. But I Which was ones? essentially laughed out of their court. I sent missives to everyone, from the elders of the commune of Morose to the court of ravens. I even tried getting into the slumbering city of Tulung, but they wouldn't see me. Believe me when I say that many of these officials, magistrates, members of royalty, get these sorts of absurd requests and demands and theories all the time. Why should they take stock in my words? One of the few times I've regretted not putting pen and paper to my exploits and having a journal verified by peers, perhaps, but I prefer to work alone. I have a question. I've lived through an, uh, the last few spikes, and I don't recall anything ever like this. Yes, as you can tell, and Dr. Aluso points at the latest spike, this spike dwarfs all the ones that came before. You likely wouldn't have noticed the ones that came before unless you were specifically looking for them. Anything happened seven years ago? Anything of note? Any of you? Oka, in this entire conversation, has been staring kind of downward at Manaya's feet, uh, and they slowly raise their eyes. 
how are the rest of you reacting when Dr. Aluso asks about seven years ago? Manaya has her head in her hands. V's going to be very stoic and try not to give anything away. Mm-hmm. Dewey's got the the math lady meme. She's <laughs> 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 caught up in the in what the doctors just told him to worry about seven years ago. Uh, Dr. Lusa says, based on your reactions, I'm assuming something happened to each of you. Something happened to me as well. Uh, I'd rather not talk about it right now, but it's part of the reason why I prefer to work alone. V, you bring up a fantastic point. Look, I don't know if you've been keeping track, but this kind of uh, progression along the x-axis, which denotes time, of course, is quadratic. Right, meaning that these intervals are regularly shrinking at a rapid but not extremely alarming rate. However, you'll notice that the growth along the y-axis, which again denotes magical activity, is exponential. Look at the spike that the vanishing caused. It dwarfs every other spike. I had to remake my graph to accommodate it. But more importantly, if my calculations are correct, which I'm pretty certain they are, this means that the next anomaly that is scheduled to occur will be catastrophic beyond our imagination. Remember what I said about enough magical energy to wipe out the gods entirely? Think that, but bigger. If it happens, I I don't know what will become of the multiverse, much less Andake. For all we know, we could vanish into the ether never to have existed in the first place. And the worst part is, of course, this anomaly will happen approximately three and a half years from today. Well, technically, more like three years and three months, since it's been 40 days since the vanishing. Does your readings or anything, is there like a source here on Andake that uh, they seem to be coming from? Can you tell at all? There's a reason why I decided to live out here in the boonies, the Badlands, not just for the Immaculate Company, of course, and Squeak goes, Squeak! But also because I've discovered in my travels that there's something about the chasm, something inside it or about it. There isn't exactly a epicenter, let's say, for these magical events, but they do seem to be particularly strong here. Haven't yet unraveled the mysteries of the chasm, but I hope to, in what time we have left. Though that does raise a good point. And Oluso seems to think, and they actually pull out a small, like, uh, notebook from their breast pocket of their dirty lab coat, and they begin writing in it in a quill, with a quill. The previous spikes actually did seem to have an epicenter. It seemed to originate from the chasm, which is originally why I was drawn here. But this latest spike didn't. It seemed to happen from everywhere and nowhere at once. Which goes against everything, all the data I've collected, that seems to indicate something about the chasm. Still, mm. there's clearly a relationship if you just look at the data, if you look at the numbers. And you said you needed more data. What word did you have in mind for that? I'm glad you asked. I'm currently in what I like to call acquisition mode, when I just try to acquire as much information as I can and then cobble together a narrative from all these disparate pieces. As I've mentioned, I prefer to work alone, but this is a catastrophe, a cataclysm of a magnitude and scale that I've never encountered before, so of course, I need help. I've dedicated the past 20 years of my life, more even, to understanding the cause of these magical disturbances and unraveling the secrets behind arcane and divine magic itself in Endake. 
And while I'm still not sure why this has happened, I think that given enough time, resources, and help, I can. That's why I've decided to <clears throat> form a task force of people that I know and trust to help me collect information about these anomalies so we can figure out what caused this and more importantly, how we can restore the world to its original state before the clock runs out. Squeak is part of this task force, long-standing friend of mine, as well as myself, of course, and a couple of other people. We call ourselves Equilibrium, short for the Equilibrium and Guidance Group, and we hope to save the world. You think you can? You that see that map? It goes on forever. It does. But I think that the other option, apathy, death, is far worse than hope. That's why the four of you came to see me, isn't it? Get answers? Fix this... thing? Well, I came to talk about the Vault of Ben Wool, but this seems more important, so... Ah, the Vault. You're a treasure hunter. Uh, that could be one word for it. I've chased after the Vault for a few years of my wanton youth. Have a few leads here and there, but I would agree with you. This is more important. And the rest of you? I may have some answers to the recent changes um, in the spikes and they're, where they're coming from. What do you uh, mean? What how do you know that? I, um, is, you think it's best if we talk in private? Actually, I don't know if I want to be in private. If you trust your companions, I trust you'll be able to tell your theories in front of them openly. I was working at the Uhanahi Research Lab Laboratory and... They had me working on sensors for these kind of physical and magical anomalies. And I left because they were what looked like weaponizing them. This looks like news to Dr. Eluso. Uh, they pause and they go, you, I'm sorry, you were employed by the URL? Yes, another hunting me down, but that's not the, that's what? <laughs> nothing. Uh, <laughs> they might be behind this. Ah. Also, I'm in danger. I'm in moral danger. <laughs> You're in moral <laughs> this is the first. Is this the first time you've told your companions about this? Yes. <laughs> okay. Beach uh, starts chuckling to herself, like you are so good at keeping secrets, Dewey. I'm quite impressed. I hope you're not also as good, because that might mean you are one of the people sent out to kill me. But that's. I'm trusting that you aren't. Uh, <laughs> How are the rest of you responding to this this information? Oka's leaning, you know, doing a, like, hello? Pretty, just a, a wide-eye, like, stare moment. Manaya? Mm-hmm. is probably not meeting Manaya's eyes, because every time he looks over to her, she's giving him the angriest glare she has mm. ever had. Probably in her whole life. Whoa! And Manaya does just not... Just like a cold, dead, just like... Wow, I love that. I'm gonna actually give you inspiration for that. Dr. Aluso, after you drop this bomb, goes, I have so many questions for you, Dewey. I've been trying to get in contact with the URL for the past five, ten years of my life, but they never, they don't return my missives. Uh, Dr. Aluso looks askance a little bit and goes, so they were also working on some sort of sensory device, but you said they were weaponizing it? Weaponizing it how? Adding, like, cannons and shields. Cannons and shields? Wait, you don't... I thought I told someone who would 
make this public to the scientific community, but... I've never heard of such a thing. Who did you tell? Who else knows about this? Uh, no no one. It's best I don't tell anyone her name. You know, Dewey, I could just read your mind, right? No, please don't. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's for my safety and and theirs. Dr. Lucio says, I should have mentioned this earlier. You wouldn't be able to even if you tried. This cottage is thaumaturgically sealed by yours truly. Whew, I gotta pick up on that. So you won't be able to summon any kind of magic here. It's for my safety, as well as a lot of these objects I keep in here react to magic, and I'd prefer them not to wake up. Uh, and their, their eye sort of lingers on this beholder eye that's suspended in, like, amber in the corner. Uh, <laughs> and Dr. Luso goes, Anyway, thank you for that information, Dewey. And they scribble in their notebook about that. That is a lead I'll have to follow up on. If your employers are after your throat, though, Dewey, I'm assuming you won't be able to introduce us. No, I'd rather not see them again. I see. I understand. How about the rest of you? Any truth bombs you'd like to drop? None as impressive as that. Very well, then. Like I said, I'm starting Equilibrium with Squeak and a couple of other people. If you would like to join us and try to reverse this catastrophe, we can talk about that. If you prefer to go your own separate ways, you're allowed to do that as well. I won't force you to do anything. What uh, what kind of salary does this and benefits does this position have? The- I'm joking, I'm joking, everybody. I'm, I'm well, joking. of course, I anticipate I'll be sending you out on missions to retrieve information or follow up on a lead that I've discovered, and when you come back, depending on the success of your mission and also just to compensate you for your efforts, I do have a considerable backlog of wealth and magical items I can give out. Uh, Squeak here, actually, I would like to clarify our relationship. Squeak isn't, isn't my assistant, as you may have assumed. She's actually a traveling merchant. Uh, and Squeak, who's sort of been like, who's been like standing in the corner, like glaring at the four of you this entire time, goes, Yes, I am a, a seller and purveyor of magical goods of the highest order. She's also an old friend of mine. That's why she's around a lot of the time. But I'd be able to give you money, money that you can then use to buy magical items from Squeak to help you in your journey. Fine. Apathy equilibrium. I'm in. Well, if they're in, I guess I'm in. No. Ah. That's unexpected. Can I ask why? You went to Hanahi and tried to warn them. I did. The Queen Kakoa I know would have listened. I understand that this news might come as a betrayal, but the tendrils of bureaucracy often extend deeper than we'd like to imagine. No, no, no. The queen is for the people. She would have taken every precaution. I don't doubt that in her mind she did. The fact that she decided to turn me away, I don't think reflects on her character so much as these claims I was making, with very little evidence aside from a device in my laboratory that I couldn't exactly bring. It's a rather large device. Then why... why did my parents have to die? Manaya, I'm sorry to hear that. You said you warned them, 
The Queen Kakoa I know would protects her people. She's not the kind of queen to, in the same year, receive warnings of beasts and horrible creatures and send send ships out on the water. Uh, she wouldn't do that. As you're sort of like freaky, freaking out a little, Dr. Lucio just sort of wordlessly gets up and starts rummaging through a cabinet. Uh, and when, by the time you're done speaking, they've returned to their armchair and they hand you a bottle of what looks to be some sort of tonic or salve. Uh, smell this, Manaya. It will help calm your nerves. No, I, I cannot trust you. I understand. I am, again, sorry to hear about your parents. But it wasn't beasts, was it? It wasn't monsters. It was the emissaries. The celestial creatures, the good ones. Right? We don't know. They were on a ship to the court. Malaya, how did your parents die? I don't know! All I know is that they haven't come back. I understand if you feel like you can't trust me, uh, but I want to make it clear that I'm not asking for your trust. I'm asking for your help. I can't do this alone. I've tried, and clearly that hasn't worked. If only I had uh, let other people in earlier, people who knew the queen, people that the queen knew, perhaps she would have listened. Perhaps they all would have listened. No, 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 no. You, she points at Dewey, you were working at that laboratory. Yes. It was a cover-up. She didn't do anything because then the laboratory wouldn't be able to do their research on it. You said they were weaponizing it. But if the queen, if she, I'm sorry, I, I'm going to need a moment. Manaya's going to walk outside. Uh, Manaya, you exit the cottage and the light in the sunless sky is beginning to dim. There's still a little bit of light left, but it'll be dark soon. And you can sort of see this like, just miles and miles of rock, dry earth, and dirt sweep your vision. A far cry from the boundless waters of the ocean that you're used to. And uh, you sort of hear the chickens in the pen sort of clucking. One of them goes up to the fence and sort of looks at you inquiringly. Everything's very quiet and very still. V is going to stand up and walk outside too. Oka's going to look towards the door but sees V going. And it's gonna stay put. Dewey is again looking puzzled, pondering mm-hmm. if his employment was legitimate at all. After Manaya and V leave and the door sort of slams shut behind V, Dr. Lucy sort of <clears throat> clears his throat and goes, It's never easy, but it does hurt every time. It's like a scar, an old ache. Every time? I've uh, <laughs> lost a lot in my life, and I've spoken with people who have lost a lot in their lives as well. It's never easy. I appreciate the pledge of support from the two of you. How long have the four of you been traveling together? Forty days. It's not very long at all. Everyone's dropping news. How did the the four of you look at Dewey? We were looking for you, actually. We found Delapathy Saeed. Ah, yes. <laughs> Dr. Aluso, like, recognition dawns on her face, and she goes, Tiefling, pink, corkscrew, yes? 
Yes. And he was very insistent on getting every story I had out of me and recording it. I was very resistant, but he somehow wore me down. Not surprised. He seems to have that effect on people. I imagined he was a charlatan and not much use beyond that when I first met him, but now I'm beginning to doubt that. I wonder, if only people knew me better, would they have listened? Nobody listens. Nobody in the court listens. None of the nobles listen. You're speaking from personal experience. Oka doesn't say anything. Uh-huh. <laughs> that. Uh-huh. Dr. Lucer just sort of quirks an eyebrow and then glances at you, Dewey, and says, Dewey, please don't blame yourself for this. I know your friend is very distraught right now, but there's no way you could have known. And the fact that you fled from the URL after you found out indicates a strength of character and moral aptitude that many would envy. No, I'm pretty sure I am a coward. Sometimes it's better to be a coward than a brute. Let's bounce to outside. Uh, exterior, Elisa's cottage. Dusk. <laughs> Manaya, you're sort of standing there, maybe looking at the chickens uh, when the door slams shut. And sitting. Out. Sitting. Okay, sitting. If you hit to pickpocket me, know that it is much harder to get within a coach than out, and I am really, really not in the mood. That's okay, I came here to rob the chickens, so you're okay. <laughs> One of the chickens uh, looks at you as if, as if it understands what you're saying, <laughs> and it, it fucks off. You know, Manaya, it never gets easy to find out that uh, someone you thought you could trust perhaps has betrayed you, so... Uh, oh, yes, uh, the other side of that quite often. It has happened to me as well, friend. Uh, There was a time where someone came into my life and seemed to be very trustworthy. They seemed to appreciate Avi very much. It felt very good. And as soon as I let my guard down, they took all that I had. So I understand what hurt can feel like when you're betrayed. And who knows, right? Who knows? Maybe your queen was doing what uh, she thought was best for her people. And she didn't understand the full... She didn't understand that all this could be possible. Don't talk to me about my queen. We don't have to talk about your queen, mostly. I just want to find out, you know, there was not long ago that we had a conversation about trust. And I was wondering... Do you trust me and Dewey and Oka? You and Oka, I've come to trust, and I thought I could trust Dewey being... being Uhan, but... that he would work at a facility. And sort of on that question, let's bounce back to inside. And Dr. Elusa just sort of goes, I was going to ask the four of you to help me capture one of these monsters alive for research as part of um, a test, let's say, to see how you work together, how capable and able you are. But given the evolution of this discussion, perhaps that can wait. It'll be fine. We can do it. Are you sure? We spent a month together under knowing all that we knew was that we were here to come see you. Fairly mission-oriented. I'm flattered by your faith in me. And I hope it doesn't come misplaced. I hope I can live up to your expectations. At the end of the day, I am just a man. But together, we can be something greater. I don't know if I believe all that, but... (laughs) 
I don't need you to. I just need you to help me. That I can do. Yeah, I'm a soul sword. But first, I, I need you to look at something. Okay. Uh, Anoka begins unbuttoning their shirt. Okay. Ooh, okay. Uh, let's bounce it back outside before you finish unbuttoning your shirt. Manaya, V. The end of world really truly has happened if you trust me more than someone else on this world. Trust me, believe me. So when I say this, it's coming as someone who uh, perhaps thinks in a way unlike most people, but I don't look at the Dewey as someone who has betrayed... I look at the Dewey as a resource that we can exploit to perhaps get some answers and get access to some areas of the world that were perhaps locked away from us. Leave it to thee to see people as exploitable. But I guess he did quit, didn't he? It's true. If he was all that bad, he wouldn't probably be here. Thank you, V. Of course, friend. Let's go back inside and get this thing over with. The door opens as Oka reveals their chest. I'm, I'm sorry, was this the... <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, I I'll think, come back in a moment. I think Oka is like laid out on the on the tea table, uh-huh. right? Like, And their shirt is like unbuttoned and like pulled open. Uh, and along with like the, the casual array of scars, there is... In their solar plexus, alongside two jagged top surgery scars, trans rights, there is a wound that doesn't look like the others. Mm-hmm. Uh, it radiates from their solar plexus and almost reaches the top like a sunburst. And while most of it is this mangled off purple scar tissue, like the rest that kind of mar their body, in the tissue itself, there seem to be veins of gold, like a network of ore mm-hmm. from a mine. Mm-hmm. Perhaps the rest of you would also feel some sort of similarity between how the scar looks to the way that the coedal was bleeding out during its last breaths. Dr. Lucius says, oh, welcome back. We were just looking at Oka's body. I'm sorry, was that... Mm-hmm. A little too sanitary. We were examining their torso. I think it's just getting worse. Can you just... Uh, we were peering upon their pectoral. What if you just didn't... What if you just didn't talk, actually? Ah, yes. What if you just looked? Uh, okay. A second to this plan. Uh, Dr. Lusso is going to examine your scars. Uh, oh. they, they look down. <laughs> Well, yeah, they're uh, they look they look down and their hand, their fingertips sort of trace your skin and you feel that their fingers are very smooth and very dry and cold. They lift their fingers and go, you are gored. They sit up a little bit and shrug their coat down and you can see that there is a, a similar uh, scar on their back. By a celestial. The way the muscle and tissue has knotted back together makes me think this was seven years ago? Seven. I see. I'm assuming you're not an evildoer or someone with a lot of darkness in their heart to warrant such a goring from a celestial creature. Perhaps I am now. Perhaps now, but I don't back think you are. I see. This must be the thing that happened to you seven years ago when that disturbance occurred. 
Like I said, magical beasts going berserk seem to be part and parcel of these disturbances, and I'm still not quite sure why. Thank you for sharing, Oka. If it makes you feel better- Is there nothing else? Nothing else you can tell me about it. I knew that already. Uh, what do you want to know? Something? Anything? Anything at all? It wasn't your fault, Oka. If that makes you feel better. The beast- It doesn't. The beast was going berserk. It was lashing out. It doesn't reflect upon you. It reflects upon whatever made it do this. Which is what we're trying to find out. Okay shrugs back on their cloak and angrily angrily buttons up their tunic again. Hold on. Did you kill it? Yeah. Did it ask you to? Not this time. I see. Dewey, V, Manaya, and Oka, the four of you have now reconvened inside Dr. Lusso's cottage uh, after an emotionally charged discussion about the apocalypse. Dr. Lusso looks at the four of you sitting back on the sofa in the armchair that faces him, and he says, <clears throat> So, Oka and Dewey, as I mentioned this earlier, uh, there is a test, uh, an initiation of sorts, that I would like to put the four of you through before you become full members of Equilibrium. No pressure, really, just to see how the four of you work together, and I'll be there watching, of course, in case things go dire, so your lives will never be in danger. Written, but, oral, multiple choice. I want you to capture a monster for me oh. that has been endangering some people that right. live in the chasm. They have asked me for help, and I have pledged my support to them. I've been a little stretched then, though, over the past couple of days, and I would deeply appreciate your support and your help. Manaya, if you would like to sit out, I understand. No. I'll work with you. But know that I'm doing this for the people. I understand. If it makes you feel better, if it's worth anything to you, so am I. Very well. Uh, I'll brief you as we walk. Let's go. Dr. Luso stands up, sort of tidies their lab coat, and you see a squeak rifle through like a little pouch that she has, like uh, secured to her waist. And she reaches into it and she pulls out something very long, like disproportionately long, given how small the pouch is, um, and hands it to Dr. Luso, and it appears to be a silvery net. And Dr. Luso takes it from Squeak and begins to head out. And as the four of you follow them outside, the sunless sky is darkening slowly but steadily. As the doctor leads your party around the cottage, actually around the back of the cottage, and toward the lip of the massive Euclid chasm that the cottage looks over, she pauses at the edge, and you can see miles and miles of jagged rock and looming shadow yawning open in front of you. And the doctor points out a narrow shrub-crusted path no wider than probably three feet at its widest point that winds down along the rough rock wall of the chasm. She says, watch your step. And she begins to pick her way down with admirable dexterity. Why don't the uh, four of you roll, make, make an acrobatics check for me? Wait, before we do that, yes. Oka is going to get out their grappling hook okay. uh, and hold hold one end of it, and they're going to like get, like offer it to each of the party members. Is this going to be enough to... Uh... It's better than nothing. 
Oka, where are you fastening the hook onto? I figure we hold on to it, like everyone holds on to it. So if one person slips, each of the other three can like uh, keep them secure. Okay, or yeah. Also slips. I don't know. Sure. Uh, why don't you make your Why don't you make your just a regular acrobatics check? I'm not going to give an advantage based on how you're using it yet. Uh, v, you're using inspiration. <gasps> yes. yes. It was- it was a nat one. Why do you always roll nat ones? Uh, Oka, what did you get? Natural 19, but that wow. is plus five, so oh. 24. Okay, you're fine. I'm using my inspiration. Okay, 16, 19, 24. 18. 18. Oh, yeah, you guys are fine. Uh, so the four of you using the rope holding onto it, you like slowly ease your way down the side of the chasm following Dr. Aluso. And as she walks, she says, if any of you know how to cast light or illuminate the area around us, that might be helpful as well as the sun's going down. V is going to tap the little diamond in her palm and use the cantrip of light to make it shine. It illuminates a small orb of light around your group as the sunless sky darkens more and more. I knew you were watching me. How long have you been able to do that? I used, had a lot of time to practice in a tent alone. I wanted this as a birthday present gift. Whose birthday is it? Let's just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Doctor, uh, your your footsteps are illuminated by the glowing diamond set in the palm of V's hand. And as you descend deeper and deeper along the edge of this wall into the chasm, uh, Doctor Aluso says, "Here's what's going on. There is a small clan living here in the chasm in the upper strata." They've reported monster sightings. A few of them have even been snatched at night by these monsters. I've, unfortunately, as I mentioned earlier, I've been spread kind of thin, juggling a lot of people's requests for help, so I haven't been able to pay a lot of attention to them currently. But they would be grateful for any sort of help that might be rendered to them. Once we reach this clan, I'm sure they'll be more than happy to fill you in on the rest of the details before the monster hunt begins. What kind of monsters are they? I mean, I understand they're the monsters, but any specific types? They appear to meld and blend into the shadows, and about the size of a person, perhaps, with multiple limbs. Dark, spiky. I'm not sure if this rings a bell for any of you. No. Sounds like we're going to need a little bit more use of this light here, huh, Bean? I can keep it coming. (laughs) Uh, The five of you eventually reach a 10-foot-wide landing, about 50 or 60 feet, let's say, beneath the lip of the chasm where you initially set out. Uh, And Dr. Lusso hops onto the landing and sort of turns to help each of you get onto it as well. And as soon as you step onto the landing, you notice a large tunnel looming behind it that extends deeper into the side of the chasm wall. And about 20 feet into this tunnel, you see the flickering flames of a large campfire, as well as about 15 or 20 creatures clustered around it. And these creatures, they look like cows, except they're much smaller, about the size of like a large mastiff, and they have scaled skin that seems to glimmer turquoise in the darkness, and they each only have a single leg uh, ending in a hoof. Uh, so, chasm goat. Chasm so, goats. As, so as soon as your party descends onto the landing, one of these creatures looks up and lets out a moo and begins hopping on its single leg. Towards it lets out a what? Moo. A what? It lets Can out you... a moo. Don't make me do it again. I swear to my. Oh, it's a shit cow. <gasps> we finally figured out. It's a shit it's cow. It's a shit cow. None of them. None of them are covered in shit. And this this one that's hopping toward you goes, Doctor Aluso, you're here. 
we're saved. And uh, you, you hear sort of a chorus of moo, moo, moos coming from the tunnel. And the creature that approached you sort of stops in front of Dr. Aluso and inclines its proportionally very large horned head. It's like mostly, mostly head. Uh, and it says, thank you so much for coming. Uh, oh, are the four of you here to help us clear the tunnel? Or perhaps to help take care of our monster problem? Yes. Yes, we are. Yes, we're here for the latter, specifically. Uh, I'm afraid, actually, it won't be me taking care of the monster. It will be these four fine folk. Uh, and this creature, why don't you all just roll, like, nature to know what this thing is? <laughs> gentleman's eight. A gentleman's eight from Oka. So many eights. Seven. A s- gentleman's four. seven. A four. Manaya probably wouldn't know about these things, but I did roll a 17. Okay. Manaya, because you, I don't think you've ever encountered them before, and I don't know if you would have read about them, but based on your high roll, you're like, they're cows. Mm-hmm. They seem to be cow-like, but they can also talk, and they don't seem hostile. So they probably belong to a category of magical beasts that you've learned about. So the rest of you don't really roll high enough to really know what this thing is. So it sort of, it turns to the four of you. It looks a little, almost like disappointed on its big cow-like face, and it goes, oh, Okay, well, if it's just the four of you instead of Dr. Luce helping out, I suppose we can't say no to that. So let me tell you what's been going on with our clan. My name is Long. Uh, I'm part of the Hoofbright clan. Uh, We dwell here in the upper strata of the chasm. And, uh, you know, we usually don't like to poke our heads out too much, you know, beyond the wall. But uh, ever since the vanishing about 40 days ago, the big earthquake, I don't know if that happened on your end, big earthquake seemed to happen and it collapsed our tunnel system splitting our clan into two and you know that's why we're trying to excavate this collapse we've been trying at it for about 40 days now but it's a big collapse so i think we're almost almost to the bottom but uh in the meantime this this half of our clan we've been trapped here by the entrance and the past couple of days these monsters have been stalking our night watch they've even made off with two of them oh dear oh my Yes, yes. So we would appreciate your help catching or kill, killing these horrible creatures that are menacing us. Uh, and you hear from the, the the other creatures in the background, they go, menacing us, menacing us. Can, can we count on your support? Uh, uh, of course. Uh, we'll, we'll dispatch uh-huh. these monsters and time allowing, might even be able to offer support, some support in... Um, clearing out your cave. Oh, thank you so, so much. I don't mean to be offensive, but the four of you look a little startled to see me. Is this the first time you've seen a queen? Oh, no. Could, no, sorry. Roll, roll deception. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, oh. <laughs> it was a natural one, uh, and my charisma modifier is a uh, negative two. Oh my God. Uh, so that's... <laughs> So that's, that's a negative, a negative one. one. I believe. Uh, this creature goes. This creature goes. Were it not for Doctor Aluso, I would have gored you where you stood for such a flagrant disrespect of our honesty-bound culture. B mutters under her breath. For once, it's not me that's getting in trouble for lying to people. I, no, I, I can't. I can't say that I have. But it is a pleasure to meet you all. It's a pleasure to meet you as well. We're, we're pretty reclusive, uh, so it's not unusual for people not to know what we are. We're, we're, we're queen you. We, uh, we're, we're 
you know, ox people. We live in the mountains. We live, we live in the upper strata of the chasm. My specific clan, the Hoofbright clan, we're, you know, we're very peaceable. We like to eat rocks and lizards and stuff like that. But, uh, yep, that's us. That's who we are. Just be careful of the, of the, uh, Hoof Dark clan. They live in the lower strata. They're very, they're very violent. But I don't anticipate you'll be going down there anytime soon. Oh, no. If the caves are blocked, I don't think we can make it down there. Uh, no, 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 and you wouldn't want to go down there. They're much larger than us and a lot more angry. If, if, if it's all right with you, we would like to replace our usual night watch with the four of you so we don't get snatched and killed again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and so that you might fight these monsters and perhaps kill them for us. Mm-hmm. Yes. Kills. A delightful time. Great. We will make sure you are safe. This one's a monster hunter. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh... Yep. Dr. Aluso, uh, you said that you, uh... You wanted one of them alive, no? Uh, yes. At least one. Uh, I think studying it alive will give me a lot more information than if it were dead. That would be appreciated. That's actually where this net comes in. And Dr. Lusso hands you, Oka, the net. They say, once you have it in a sorry state, throw this net over it and it will not escape. Oh, that was an unintentional rhyme, actually. Was it? What the poet. Thank you. Uh, once you have it in a sorry state, throw this net around it, and it will not escape. It's barely arrived. Well, I worked on it. Tough crowd, tough crowd. They're not a bard, and we know what happened last time we met the bard, so we're okay. Oka's a little awkward. They're feeling very bad about their negative one charisma roll. They ask anyway, what exactly are these monsters? When have they been coming? From where? Do you know where they're going? I'm not sure what they are. They're very dark. They blend into the darkness very well. And, you know, we're, we're tunnel dwellers, so we can see in the dark just fine, but they're very elusive, very fast, spindly. Uh, I haven't personally seen one with my own eyes, but they seem to like to ambush from above. And they seem to be able to skitter across the wall. Very mobile. Maybe some sort of bug? I'm not sure exactly. V is going to pull out some torches, but instead of lighting them, she's going to like light the tip of one with light. What I would like to do then is cast Mage Hand and put the torch like up high, since they just said they come from above. Mm-hmm. And just like put the torch in some type of rock, if there's a one for it. Okay. Oka's going to set up. They have a, a good old hunting trap okay. uh, that they're going to set up sure. uh, at the mouth of the cave. Okay. One question. Uh, Quailu, was it? Uh, uh, just Long. I'm a, I'm oh, a Quay. Of oh, I'm a, sorry. A Hoofbright clan, Long, yes. Mix Long, uh, do you know if they tend to come this far towards the uh, towards the entrance, or do they stay uh, farther in? They, you know, I... Uh, my child has seen the, the Watchers get snatched. They just, whoop, they get picked up by something, and whoop, they just, they're gone. But they don't make a single sound, which is a little odd, too. And, you know, beyond that, I don't know where they go. They probably have a lair somewhere here, but we're not keen on looking for it, if you know what I mean. Do you think we could talk to your child? Oh, certainly. Uh, <clears throat> uh, dear Shen, come here. And a, uh, a miniature version of this creature leaves the crowd that's deeper in the tunnel, sort of hops over. And she, you know, has big, big, beautiful, baleful ox eyes. She looks up at you, Oka, a little, ner- little nervously, a little, little shyly. And Olong goes, don't be shy now. Tell, tell this, this, this uh, uh, drow. Looks at you a little oddly, not quite sure how to place you. This lovely young monster hunter, uh, everything you've seen. 
Well, it... Hocus Gloss. Uh, what do you, what do you want to know? I understand it might be, uh, hard to talk about, but what happened when you saw your, uh, clan's people get killed? Oh, we were by the campfire, and I had to pee, so I woke up, but then I saw one of the people who were watching, I saw their back backlit from the behind, and just, whoop, they're gone. Anything else? Uh, hands. Hands? Like, hands? Yes. Very weird. How? Weird how? Well, hands are just weird. We don't have any, so it's weird to us. <laughs> but it, there were a lot of them, a lot of hands. Huh. Grabbing. <clears throat> Grabbing. All right, well, uh, don't wake up tonight. Okay, I won't. I'm traumatized. Uh, and the girl <laughs> turns around and hops, hops back toward the campfire. Is Dr. Aluso still here? Yes, Dr. Aluso is in the, sort of leaning against the entrance to the cave and watching the four of you investigate. I want to go over to Dr. Aluso and okay. I, I'm like, I'm suddenly not comfortable with this mission. Can can we do a, a different one? Uh, why not? Manaya's going to follow. Well, you see, me being as tall as I am, I don't quite fit into the into caves very well. And if they were to get too cramped, I don't think I could be very effective. What's your hesitation, Dewey? You don't appear particularly large to me. It's my concern for Manaya. Uh-huh. Somehow I doubt that. Dewey, what's going on? I mean, I, I, I told you all the stalking, hunted down things, right? So you're worried for your own safety? Yeah. I have two thoughts on the matter, and Dr. Lucy sort of raises their voice to address the four of you. My first thought is, you don't have to worry. If things really go south, or if more than what we bargained for appears, I'll step in and I'll help. Your lives are not in danger, I can reassure you that. Again, this is just a test, a trial to see how the four of you work together to assist these defenseless ox people. My second thought is, if this is how you flee in the face of danger, then the road ahead in equilibrium might not be the road for you. I know you struggle with courage, is that it, Dewey? This will be a good, safe place to have that grappling. If you say so, please don't let me get murdered. I... Again, this is one thing I'm going to have to ask you to trust me on. I won't let you get murdered. I just met you. That's... You think was worthy. That's fair. But we're talking about my life, so... I, I understand, and I would not so negligently allow you to throw your life away. I don't mean to brag in any way, but I am sure I'll be able to help out in a perfectly fine capacity if things go south. Okay. Oh, come on, Dewey. When have I ever let you down? I know I dropped you that one time, but it was one time. <laughs> and you can fly. Not out of the grasp of some... It's fine. Okay, sure. Thank Don't you for your... I won't. And thank you for your bravery, Dewey. The rest of you? Focus setting up a, a bear trap. And okay. Set up okay. Their, their... Yeah. okay. I want to cast alarm. Okay. Yeah, I'm just, I think V's just going to sort of set up... As a... Sort of a lookout spot somewhere, maybe investigate some of these caves. Manai is going to sit down against the cavern wall, waiting for it to get dark. Okay. Uh, Dewey, how does alarm work? And Oka, where are you setting up the bear trap? I can set an area, like a 20-foot cube. Okay. It'll produce the sound of a handbell whenever a creature touches or enters the area. I can okay. make it so that the cap box people won't sit it off. Are you going to set it around where the landing is? Wherever we're stationed, yeah. I'm assuming that's that's where you're going to be stationed, like close to, like by the landing out in the open with the tunnel behind you. Mm-hmm. So there's a landing? Mm-hmm. 
that juts out over the chasm yes. a little bit? Yes. About how far? 15, 10 feet. Okay. And then it's the cave that starts. Yes. And 20 feet into the cave is the campfire. Yes. Oka's going to try to see if they can fasten the hunting trap, like, up over the cave. Oh, interesting. Okay. Like, okay. just, like, use maybe a, a stake. Yeah, to drive I in. think you can do that without uh, a check. That's fine. Hey, Manaya, you think you could, uh... God, this is so embarrassing. Can you give me a boost, please? And Oka, like, looks away. <laughs> Manaya nods and stands up. And she walks over and cups her hands so you can step up. Uh, Oka, you are boosted up and you're able to nail in the hunting trap where you want it to be, uh, directly above the cave entrance. Uh, v, are you trying to go deeper into the tunnel to see to go beyond the campfire? Maybe a little bit, not much. Like I still want to be able to see every, like see the campfire behind me, but I want to try to see what I can see. Okay, uh, so you're you walk a little bit deeper into the tunnel. Uh, roll perception for me. You see this, you know, about fifteen or twenty of these ox ox creatures. Most of them appear to be adults, but there are a few like smaller ones that you assume are children. What did you get for your perception roll? Three. Okay, yeah, you don't really see much beyond what I just described to you. You can see the light coming from the tunnel seems to extend deeper in beyond, like, for another 20 feet. You don't see the so-called cave-in that they were talking about quite yet. Okay. But as you get closer, uh, the oxen sort of, like, stop chittering in their, like, low-mooing language. They look up at you. The one you think is long, they all kind of look similar to your untrained eye, uh, goes, Oh, uh, hello there. Can we help you? Uh, I'm just... You know, I'm scouting. I'm making sure that we keep you nice, safe, tucked in, cozy. Oh, 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 we're fine in here. We're mostly safe in here. And besides, there's a lot of us. There's a whole clan, well, half of a clan of us here. So if they ever do decide to come in, we can just sort of... And uh, he lowers his head and, and, and braces his horns. Oh dear, that's very fearsome. I will not mess with you all. Oh, no, please don't. We, 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 we hate, we abhor violence. Me too. This, why be violent when you can perhaps be sneaky about your situation? Pre- precise? Or mostly just stalwart, honest, and brave is is sort of what we honest? go for. Yes. Oh, I mean, that's why honesty. Dr. Aluso picked honesty. you, right? Because you're honest, stalwart, and brave. 100%. Roll deception. <laughs> 15. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> And with that, uh, I'm gonna, well, have a good night. I'll go back to my friends now. Okay, good night. If you have any more questions, just let us know. Don't get killed by that monster. Uh, despite our sunny disposition, we're extremely torn up and traumatized by the deaths of our clan's people. So please, please avenge them for us. Oh, trust me, I will get no better pleasure than avenging your loved ones who are lost. Thank you. You might not be able to tell, but I'm basically doing the equivalent of crying right now. In the, in the humanoid, humanoid way. We appreciate it. Oh, well, you take care. I'm not used to this display of emotions. I'm going to join my friends now before I start crying. Moo! And you go back to the entrance and you join your friends. So the, the minutes begin to tick by and the minutes eventually transform into about an hour, maybe an hour and a half. Now, the sunless sky is completely dark at this point. The only pinprick of light that comes from the campfire about 20 feet into the tunnel as well as the torch that has light cast on it from V. Uh, so you can only really see based on how much light this sheds. I believe it's 20 feet of bright light, another 20 of dim light, correct? Yep, correct. Okay, that's how much you can see. And as the four of you wait and wait and wait, Manaya, because you specifically decided to keep watch, why don't you roll perception for me? It's a clean eight. 
A clean eight. Manaya, you're looking around. Everything's just kind of dark. You're still unused to the starless night, let's say. And the only pinpoint of light is this torch. Dr. Oluso is sort of like camped near where you are, but you can't really tell what they're, they have an extremely like, just like stoic face on and they're, they seem to be watching the four of you, maybe like mentally taking notes, like based on how your preparations are going. And then you hear a noise, like a, a loosening of gravel and rock from above the entrance. Manaya twitches. Okay. Uh, the three of you also, based on your passive perceptions, yeah, you, you hear it as well. Everyone except for V notices this crumbling of rock from above the entrance. Oka shifts into a readier position mm-hmm. and is going to take out their, their blade. Okay. And just twirl it in their fingers for a minute. Okay, do we? I've got my longbow at the ready. I'm a nervous mess. I'm just pointing it at everything and anything. Okay. Yeah, I'll take out my axe and sort of shakily hold it. Okay. Oka, how does the hunting trap work? Uh, It requires a DC 13 dex check. uh, And if it fails, they will take 1d4 piercing damage. So as you hear this uh, rock sort of crumble around you, you also hear a kind of noise that I don't think any of you have really heard before. Kind of like a... Like, kind of like, ah, I'm not good at fully work, okay? But it, it's supposed to be kind of creepy. Like like a, like a high-pitched, almost like a child's gasp. Ah. Uh, and Oka, how does your hunting trap work? It must succeed on the deck saving throw or take 1d4 piercing damage and stop moving. Thereafter, until the creature breaks free of the trap by making that save. Its movement is limited by the length of the chain, which is typically three feet long. Okay. Uh, and the creature can use its action to make a DC 13 strength check, freeing itself or another creature within its reach. Okay. Oka, you and the rest of you hear the hunting trap snap shut. Mm-hmm. Clang. Metal against metal. And then you see two shadowy forms encroach upon the light as the uh-huh. trap catches air. Uh, so why don't the four of you roll initiative? Oh boy. Don't like uh, it when the trap catches air. Five. Five for Nine. me? Nine. Nine for Oka? Nineteen for mm. Dewey. Nineteen for Dewey. Okay, Manaya? Uh, also five. Five. Okay, V and Manaya, what are your base dexterity scores? Regardless of what those are, Manaya is freaked out a little bit and it's probably going to move a little slower. Okay, it's going to, okay. Manaya, you see your your five to V then. Okay, cool. Okay, so the first person to go will be Dewey. You see these two, they're, they're just, they're just entering the, the radius of light that's being shed uh, by this torch. You see what appears to be a dark, kind of amorphous, constantly shifting mass. Two of them, one on either side of the hunting trap. Both of these creatures, let's say, are roughly the size of a person. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Oh, But it's just God. like this like dark mass that seems to pulsate and, and squiggle. It's about, let's say, uh, 10, 10, feet, 10 feet above your head. What do you do? Has my alarm gone off? Is it within 20 feet of us? Uh, yes, yes, yes. As soon as it like comes in, you hear the ding, 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 oh. alarm, alarm, like ring, ring, trigger. Um. <laughs> Which is why you're, they don't get a surprise round on you. Yeah. I launch an arrow at them. You're going to launch an arrow at one of them? Sure. Okay, make an attack roll. Uh, which one? The one on the left or the one on the right? Whichever one's... They're about equidistant from you. They're both okay. 10 feet the away. Right one? Okay, the right one. Make an attack roll. Oh, oh, oh. 
What'd you get? I got a nat 20. Okay. Yeah. Dude comes in with those natural 20s. Damn. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Uh, so because you rolled a nat 20 on your attack roll, it will hit regardless. And I will allow you to pick between rolling double damage or having another, a separate boon that you can, so we can work on together. Boon? Okay, so it can be anything from like you your your arrow spears it to the wall and like lowers its speed or something to like your arrow is able to like the glint of your arrow allows you to track it more easily. You can try to sell me on what the the bow the boon is. Well, I think it just like spears it to the it just like it spears, spears it part the of the body to to the wall. Okay, sounds good. Yeah. Uh, so why don't you just roll damage for me? You let loose an arrow and it explodes from your longbow and. It, like, it seems to spear through this writhing mass of darkness, and it pins pins part of this creature to the wall. What did you get? I got max damage, which is eight. Okay. Yeah, damn. Does that include your dexterity modifier? It's a plus two. So okay. Ten so that's ten damage total. Wow. Wonderful. Yeah, that's great. Nice shooting, Dewey. You... And you pin, you pin part of its body to the wall. And now because it's pinned, you see the rest of the body sort of like, like swing down like a pendulum. And as its entire mass swings into the light, you see what it is. It is a spindly black mass of limbs that seem to end in human-like hands that are all sort of like grabbing and pulsing and, 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 and reaching for you. And you see in the center of its mass as it's swinging and letting out this ah, ah, kind of noise, you see a big mouth uh, filled with human-like teeth in the center of this mess. Do you have something I, else you can do on your turn? I drop my weapon and cower behind whoever's next to me. I like that touch. I will give you another point of inspiration, I think, for yes. that. And you are fully loaded, Max. That is yep. very in character. You see this Max horrible thing, loaded. you shrink away, and you hide behind whoever's nearest to you. Let's say it's a Manaya. You hide oh, behind Manaya. <laughs> And you cower behind her, such her a good coat. Impression. So next up is going to be this creature. Instead of the speared creature going first, it's going to be the other one on the left side. It is going to let out a... And it's going to try to leap down. It's going to... Actually, what it's going to do, it's going to move back into the shadow. It's going to skitter, 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 and you can hear its hands like grabbing at the rock. And then you hear the rocks loosen and crumble, and then it launches itself at you, Manaya. Yes, I can't believe you're shaking your head because yes, it's going to go for you. Uh, let's see. And because it launched itself at you, it is going to have advantage on its attack roll. Does... Does a 23 hit? Does a 23 hit? Of course it's fucking it. <laughs> okay. Does a 23 hit? Okay, you're gonna take... Yes. We're level four! Uh, we're gonna take 10, 10 points of piercing damage uh, as it just it completely envelops your head and all of you can sort of see this huge like spindly multi-armed creature like grabbing at Manaya's trench coat and it's right on you too Matt Dewey because it's because it, you're cowering behind Manaya and you feel it's like human like teeth like chomp onto your head as you take 10, 10 points of piercing damage plus two points of poison damage uh, as a kind of venom seems to like sizzle and burn against your skin. Manaya is screaming. Yeah, that's right. Your screaming's kind of muffled by its, its, its amorphous sh shifting body and you're now grappled. Next up is going to be the other creature that's pinned. And you actually see something very interesting happen. Um, it's sort of like swinging wildly, let's say, from this, this arrow that speared one of its like long spindly limbs, right, to, to the wall. And then you see that part of its limb that speared to the wall just sort of stretch out like taffy and detach, almost like it's a chameleon tail. And the rest of it 
plops onto the ground, but it looks slightly smaller. Perhaps it's lost some HP from this detachment. It plops onto the ground and it's gonna sort of like, it seems to get smaller and less formidable in the light. Uh, it seems to shrink a little bit in, in like the sphere of light that, that it's in. And then it's gonna launch itself at V. V does a 15 hit. No, your no, armor class not. is 16. Okay, yeah, so this creature launches itself at you, but it doesn't manage to be able to bite through your skin, let's say bite through your leather armor, and you're sort of like weaving against it, and it, it, it squicks onto the ground at your feet, but it's gonna use the rest of its movement uh, to sort of skitter away and down the lip, down the lip of this ledge. So it's like, so it'll be like on the bottom of it, like hanging from the underside of, of the lip. Only attack. Yes, V, you're the only one within melee range to make an attack of opportunity against this creature as it skitters. Skitters away from you. But because this creature is so... Well, actually, it's in bright light, so this uh, its special feature doesn't activate. So yeah, make it as opportunity attack as usual. So I guess I'm just going to try to punch the guy. Okay, make an attack roll <laughs> with uh, kick it, strength, kick strength as your modifier, right? Yep, so it's uh, 10. That is not quite enough. Where you, you thrust down with your fist, it seems to like open up and you just hit the ground instead. It seems very like shifting, yeah. like it's, it's formless. And then it, it disappears uh, under the lip of this uh, protrusion that the four of you, including Dr. Luso, five of you are standing upon. Next is going to be Oka. Oka's doing a like, oh there, oh there, oh there, oh there, oh there, oh there. Okay, okay. Uh, as they unsheath their sword, they're gonna let it drag across their hip. Okay. Uh, so I'll roll one roll on my hemocraft die to activate it. That's three points of damage. My sword erupts into a bright, brilliant flame. Okay. Uh, and I am going to... If I try to stab at the one that's on Manaya's face, do I risk stabbing her in the face? Yeah, if your attack roll is low enough. Okay. Uh, <laughs> You'll take those odds. <laughs> I'll, I have a point of inspiration. I'll take those odds. Oh god, I'm but I will be very thankful. Near the dice, yeah. Oka's gonna try to like. They've traveled with Manaya and they've been watching her back for days now, so they're gonna try to stab at it where it would be above her head. Okay. Yeah, it's sort of like uh, this big pudding of of limbs and hands. Make an attack roll. Yes. Uh, they're also just kind of yelling as yeah. they do so. It's very chaotic, and you can hear a chorus of frightened moos from deeper in the tunnel as these creatures attack. Is a 16 hit. Yes, it does. Roll damage. Hooray! Uh, nine points of piercing damage, okay. uh, and it's going to do an extra four points of fire damage. Damn, okay, yeah, this thing is not looking so good after you. So describe to me what this looks like. Oka uh, charges up to Manaya and is just like, hold still, hold still, hold still, and goes, <laughs> and it sizzles yeah. loud, yep. and they like twist, they, they mm. keep it there, actually. They don't even pull it out and let it burn. Or actually, can they use it kind of like they're flipping a like like a I'm flipping a burger, patty. Okay. flipping a burger, and they're just gonna get, like try to wrench it off with okay. their sword. Yeah, let's say because your uh, attack roll was over its armor class by enough of a factor, I let you attempt that because strength check against its dex. Oh, can I? All right, fine. Can I dex against its dex? Yeah, okay, I'll allow it. Yay! Okay, 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 okay. 18. That is sufficient. You, yes. you flip this thing like a burger and it goes splat against the cavern wall, kind of above where Dr. Oluso's head is. And then it, it seems to like splat out like uh, like pudding that you splashed against the wall. And then it regains its form and it begins to skitter toward the cube that are oh cowering inside the tunnel. 
Uh, in that case, I will just use my movement to chase after it. Sounds good. You are able to catch up to it. You're right on its heels. So Dr. Lusa goes, oh, that sort of like lets you, lets you pass by. So I jump over her calves. Yeah, you jump over her calves. Sure. No pun intended because these are ox-like creatures. So next up is going to be V with Manaya on deck. Can I see the one that went under the platform at all? You can try. You can like stick your head. You can stick your head down. You know what? That's a horrible idea. I'm gonna, just gonna run to that ledge and like lay down and like stick her head over with her palm ready to uh, do some scorching ray. Okay, yeah. As you, a level two spell. Because of how physics works, uh, the light doesn't extend to cover. Right, what's like in the underbelly, but some of the light like radiates a little bit of the edge. You're not sure if you see it or not. All you see is shadow. So whatever attack you would make would be with disadvantage. Unless it were like a cone or something, I guess. And it would have to make a deck save or something like that. What's well, three rays of a fire shot out? That's three separate um, attack rolls, right? At least one of them's gotta hit, right? <laughs> yeah, they all miss. Either way, they don't. I'm, that's not what did you get? There's what did you get? Like two, three, and two, which even with the modifier would be like okay, yeah, seven, eight, seven. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I don't think any of them hit. I'm sorry. Really, you got a two, three, that's and okay. two on three separate attack rolls? That's pathetic. Yep. I'm sorry, V, but that's pathetic. <laughs> okay. Three different dice. But three. what they do do. But what they do do is they light up the darkness temporarily, allowing you to see where the creature is, right? So these three streaks of light shoot out from your diamond. You see, like, this creature weaving between, you know, and darting between and dodging, dodging it. And it seems to be, like, just within your reach, maybe 10 10 feet away on the underbelly. And based on this failed attack, you can now mark where it is in your mind, and you will not have a detriment to your attack roll next time trying to hit it because you can mark where it is. Like, the creature just... And it seems to be, like, skittering farther away from you. Uh, uh, as that happens. Uh, I hate it. Uh, so very rats, very. Uh, so next up is going to be Manaya. This thing's been flipped off of your head like a the world's most horrific burger. Pancake. Pancake. Venom styled um, pancake. Yeah. Manaya is going to get her bearings after being blinded mm-hmm. and turn after Oka mm-hmm. and follow them down the cave. Okay. Yelling, Oka, I owe you my life. Not now. Not now. <laughs> And then she's going to take the dull side of her axe and... Try to flatten it? No. <laughs> like a fly swatter? No, she, yeah. Yeah, no, she wouldn't She wouldn't have the clarity of mind to think, oh, maybe I'm breaking the rock and collapsing in the cave. No, she's just going to hit it on the roof. Okay. Really, really hard. Okay. So make, yeah, make, make an attack roll. And instead of slashing damage, it would be bludgeoning, let's say. Neck a fucking twenty. Wow, seriously? Damn. Okay. Uh, so I'll let you I'll let you roll double damage or choose a different kind of minor boon. Let's go for double damage. Okay, like, roll, roll double damage. Nice twice. Yes. Right? Yes. You're gonna collapse this cave. <laughs> no, I, w- I wouldn't do you dirty on Nat 20 like that. Eight plus seven. Are you declaring this non-lethal? Or do you think Manaya would not have the faculty of mind to think like that? Manaya would definitely not have the faculty of mind. Okay, you kill it. You straight up kill it. Um, Describe to me how you end this thing's life. I imagine it just kind of goes across the top of the cavern wall. Bam! You baseball swing. It's a home run. And it just sort of splatters. And you see it's like various limbs begin to like splash and splatter against the ground. You see it's various hands like twitching, the fingers twitching, like as they're disconnected from the central mass. And you see like several teeth fall out of its mouth and clatter onto the floor. Uh, and then it goes still. 
Manaya shivers and takes a few steps back. Yep, you have killed one of them. Good job. But you do hear Dr. Lucifer from the entrance go, Oh, I did want them alive. Luca goes, Nice! Nice one! Uh, And like, pivots. (laughs) And you also hear some of the Kui inside go, Moo! Out of fear uh, as you kill this thing in front of them and their family. Next up is going to be Dewey. So I don't see it, right? The other one? Uh, no, but you did. You do see V with her butt in the air looking at it. <laughs> and you did he- see, like, the, the light explosion from Scorching Ray, and maybe V goes, shit, I missed, or something. I don't know. <laughs> we still got one. We've still got one here. Uh, I think Dewey's now not so happy that the person he's been hiding behind has now left. So he's just going to charge into the cave with his hands outstretched with, uh, just like panicked. But okay. he's casting her wounds. So when he crashes into Manaya, he heals her for... <laughs> That's so cute. Oh my god, I love it. It's a casting ability modifier. It's like, I glomp you, XD, XD. Just stop. <laughs> <laughs> okay, how much, how much do you heal her for? 12? Hey! Are you back to full health? health? Yep, okay. Manai, you feel your wounds on your face close up and the bleeding stop. From where Dewey's feathered hands are outstretched, you feel warmth coursing through your body, through your trench coat. Okay. And next up is going to be the creature. So V, you hear it skitter, 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 and then you hear the skittering suspiciously stop, and then it is going to launch itself at you. Oh, got a nat one on the first one, so I'm glad it has advantage. Like a, like a head crab. Does a 19 hit. That does hit. Okay, it is going to hit you for 4, 7, 10 points of piercing damage, plus whoa, 6 points of poison damage as it launches itself at your face, and you, just like Manaya, are now covered in this writhing mass of limbs that's grabbing onto you and biting at your face. And you're now grappled. So next is going to be Oka with V on deck. Oka is super hype. They watched Manaya just like splat. Yep. yep. Uh, and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and they just like, they're like, where's the next one? And they turn around, they like grab the net, and they see it on V at the other end of the cave. Oka's gonna like take an, a full tilt sprint uh-huh. at V. Uh huh. Game plan here is to open like the, open net. the net. Uh-huh. Here. Okay. And they're just gonna like launch at and over V's head uh, and take the thing off the cliff with them. Okay. Like, launch, I love that. Back. Yeah, why don't I have advantage on your dexterity contest against this thing? This is the appropriate time to make your glomp joke, I think. You yeah, I think Okay so. goes glomp, XDXD, roar is how dinosaurs say I love you, and the second one is a 17. That is a tie. Okay, I think what this means is you soar over its head, right? Uh, You don't get it, but it does a leap off of V, and you go sailing over V's head into the darkness of the chasm. Both of us? Just you. The monster and me? Just you. The monster sort of leaped off to the side. Into the darkness, maybe? Yeah, okay, let's say it also leaped off into the darkness and is plummeting through uh, air with you. Oka's going, fuck shit, fuck shit, uh, trying to grab it. Uh, and I will, of course, use my radiant soul. Yes. Uh, my bonus action. Uh-huh. To uh, let that good, good, those freckles. Uh-huh. Light uh, up Those freckles face. will light up. The wings will unfurl. Unfurl from behind. Yep, because you're an awesomer. Yep. Your wings, your yep. radiant wings, 
and you see a few feathers like come loose and they unfurl and in the light of your wings you see this creature like hurtling through space with you like within within melee it's 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 letting out a does that mean I have an attack? I mean, I tried. That, you, I'm sure. I think that was my action. Okay, my this action. is your action. Your bonus action. You're falling. You're hurtling through space. Okay. Yeah, Oka has their wings out, but they haven't started to fly yet. Yes, you're just you're plummeting still. Falling with it. That's fine. Uh, next is V with Manaya on deck. V, you're right at the lip of this. You see Oka sail over your head, wings unfurl, and this creature illuminated by the brightness of their wings. You see Oka with the net in their hand. What do you do? Uh, have I been tracking the creature pretty much? Yes, I mean, because it yes. was on me, so... You see it precisely. Another scorching ray, three rays right at it. Are you going to declare this non-lethal? Yes, I will declare it non-lethal now. Okay, make your attack rolls without disadvantage. So normally... 21 for one. That hits. Uh, 12. That hits. <laughs> and then a, a nat one. That does not hit. That hits Oka. That hits Oka. That hits Oka. Fuck you! So roll, so roll damage for all three of them. And the highest okay. one will go to Oka. Because <laughs> it's a now one. How could you? It's a now one. How could you? It really has to be like the biggest dice yes, here? Yes, yes. Yes. Okay, because that's nine points of fire damage. Ooh, okay. Ow. The other one, four, and five. Okay, yeah, this thing is knocked unconscious. Two scorching rays explode from your diamond and they find their mark. They splash and splatter and explode against this creature's form. And you see like your scorching rays blast parts of its body off until it's it's like halved in size and it's just the mouth that's letting out this high-pitched creening noise. And then it seems to go limp in midair and it loses its form and the limbs seem to retract into its body. The hands disappear. It just becomes an amorphous black blob. And Oka, you feel your chest singe as the third scorching ray misses its mark and plunges directly into where you are gored by that celestial creature creature that you revealed Ow. earlier this session. Yep. And it like blasts open your shirt, right? And the scorch marks extend up and like sparks fly. And Oka, if you would like to, you can use your reaction to try to scoop up this creature with your net. Uh, I think I just got blasted in the face by some fire. So as my reaction, I'm going to twirl a little bit more and uh, be like, watch where the fuck you're going. Uh, <laughs> Make a pretty low DC dexterity check this because it's it's moving in a linear trajectory because it's unconscious oh absolutely nice 20 you scoop it up into the net as it scoops up this creature it seems to constrict and completely tighten around its form in like a perfect ball and your wings flap and you are no longer initiative you have solved my weird monster limb shadow puzzle uh, and you have managed to capture one of these monsters as Dr. Aluso asks you while the other one is dead congratulations Oka is taking a like a sailing thing with mm-hmm. the net also patting at their clothes to try to get the sparks up they're gonna come sailing back and land kind of ha- like hard in front of V and everyone else was that re- really necessary do you know the difference V uh, v is gonna be because she was grappled. Her her vest and tie are all messed up, so she's like tightening the tie. He's like, you know, next time maybe you should uh, sprout wings before you jump over ledge. It's a lot happening at once. Listen, you're well. You're welcome. You're welcome. And Oka's gonna kind of like do a patronizing like cheek pat. They'll use healing hands. 
Oh my god. Be. Oh. <laughs> with, their, with their patronizing little uh, face touch. While, while uh, this is happening, Manaya's going to walk over and take the nut from Oka, take it to Dr. Luso, shove it in her chest and say, Never make me fight spiders again. <laughs> Dr. Luso looks at you and says, I apologize. I did not know that you were scared of spiders. I would argue they're not exactly spiders so much as an amorphous mass of... We are done here. Very well. And Dr. Aluso is going to take the net from you and turns to the rest of the terrified and cowering Quay. And the Quay sort of go, oh, oh. At the four, like the four of you, very impressed, very scared, right? By your kind of chaotic battle, Long hops up to the four of you and goes, Thank you so much for saving us. We have been plagued by these creatures for the past few days, and finally our worries can be put to rest. Thank you. Well, I wouldn't say that. I mean, there's probably more. Uh, Uh, but we'll take care of that too, right? Right? Uh, Dr. Lucy I mean, says, yes, you're, you're, so, you're safe. <laughs> we'll be safe. Don't worry about uh, it. Thank uh, you. Do you, do the four of you have a name? Do you go by anything so that we might sing your praises? I don't think that's uh, quite necessary. I, um... I look at V. Oh, we call ourselves the tremendous... No, 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 no. Let me think. Let me... <laughs> Let's just call ourselves the the four. We're the four. We'll come up with a better name next time. The four. Very well, then. Thank you, the four. The four of you for saving our clan. And we're almost done excavating the tunnel. So if you'd like to help us, we'd appreciate it. But oh, I'm, I'm sure oh, it'll, it'll be done in just a few more days at most. Oh, what I'm, a blessed night. I'm sorry night. about the mess here. Oh, not to worry. Uh, let, let, me, let me help. And Manai are going to help scoop up the remains of the creature you killed. Okay, uh, as you reach down to scoop it up, Dr. Lucy goes, I don't think that's a good idea. I wouldn't touch it if I were you. Uh, please allow me. Oh, okay then. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Dr. Lucy clocks that, right? But doesn't comment on it. Uh, and they go, oh, it's just mostly because some of these creatures, we don't know what they're agenda where their biological biochemical makeup is it could be oh, that they, right, right, they degrade you to the touch could be venomous could be poisonous i think oka has their fingers in one of them at this point already okay oka make a <laughs> oka make a con oh, fuck. <laughs> are you sure yes i'm sure a 13 okay that's just sufficient but you do feel your fingers sizzle a little uh, as you quickly pull them out of the oh i have resistance to poison damage well good thing you saved then As you pull your fingers out of the gooey pie, Dr. Lucy goes, please allow me. They like make a gesture with their right hand. And then you see the bits of goo that are splattered all over the walls and the floor and the ceiling. They all seem to become shrouded in this glowing blue light. And they peel themselves off of the surfaces and they like reassemble themselves into like a single mass. And then Dr. Lucy, you see their right hand is glowing blue. They like form it into a fist. And then these pieces congeal into a single small pebble of darkness. Dr. Lusso gestures and then the pebble floats toward them. They open up a pouch and the pebble goes into the pouch and they put the pouch away. So you really couldn't have helped at all, huh? Well, I was letting you take the lead on that. Like I said, if things turned sour, I certainly would have stepped in. 
But you seem to have handled yourselves pretty well. Can we uh, do the debrief away from the people? V is going to cast Mage Hand to go grab the torch from the roof of, or from up high and bring it back to her. Okay, sounds now, good. we are here to help these people, and we will finish this job. Very well, then, as you wish. We can do the debrief here. I suppose I can start. Like I said, this was an initiation test or a trial of sorts just to see how the four of you work together and so that I might offer some pointers, perhaps, and so I can ascertain what kind of party you are, how you work together. My first thought is, is that you do seem to care about each other a lot, but your teamwork is a little sloppy. It's rather chaotic. Uh, If I were you, I would focus on training how the four of you work as a team before you jump in and try to save someone with perhaps flamboyant heroics. It did work out this time, but I do worry about the next. That's my feedback. The Quay sort of go, oh, this is awkward. <laughs> that wasn't so much of a debrief as it was kind of a drag of... I mean, we did the thing. <laughs> right? You did the thing, yes. You wait. Traditionally, a debrief is more informational, less judgmental. <laughs> I'm sorry, is there a difference? I'm simply stating I what I observed. Would, I was just thinking you would give us more information about the thing we Ah, yes, killed? the creature. Sure. Dr. Aluso mm-hmm. lifts up the net and says, I will have to do a more thorough analysis of this creature in my lab to have the full report, of course, but thank you for capturing it. It is extremely useful to me alive. Mm-hmm. That's it. I don't have my equipment well, with me out here. Okay. We can go well, back why don't you go back to your lab and start on that, and we'll continue helping these fine folk. Very well. And we'll need to discuss how we want uh, our team work be influenced by you. Very well. It appears my observations are not being well received. I will take that in consideration for the future and limit my advice. And Dr. Aluso just sort of nods to themselves, and they stow the net, they clip it against their belt, and they say, I am going to take this specimen to my laboratory for dissection and analysis. The four of you are more than welcome to stay here to help the Kui uh, remove the rocks, the collapse inside their tunnel system. When you are done, I do suggest that you return to the cottage so that I might offer you a mission that I've been thinking about mulling over for quite some time now, but I don't think I'll be able to do it by myself. I just want you to remember the the next time you criticize us, just remember it took eight gods and goddesses to make Andake. It only takes four of us to accomplish whatever we want to. Very well. I understand now that uh, critique is not welcome here. (laughs) Critique is welcome if you pull your own weight. I I assure you I'm capable of pulling my own weight. Like I mentioned earlier, I was ascertaining, let's say, how Uh, well the four of you work together. Okay. And starts walking away. Very well. (laughs) Dr. Aluso just looks a little puzzled by the four of you's reaction, uh, and they go, very well then, I will be off to my laboratory. I'll see you in my cottage at your earliest convenience. So as soon as she disappears, Long hops forward and says, how uh, how are the four of you doing? Manaya kneels down and says, We're doing just fine and ready to help. Thank you very much. I do appreciate it. I 
Must apologize for Dr. Eluso. She's a little uh, eccentric. I'm not sure if she picks up on social cues all the time. Which is saying a lot because look at me, I'm a one-legged one-legged how was it horse? Oh, silly me. I'm a one-legged cow. And I pick up on these things. That just I like to show you that you've come much farther. We really appreciate you getting rid of those nuisances for us and pledging your support to help clear the tunnel. This will really, really, really help us a lot. Well, let's get started then. Okay. The Quee turns around and gestures with its big horned head for the four of you to advance deeper into the tunnel. Uh, and we can end the session there. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Transplaner. Music is by Connie Chong, CIS, and Fezlian Studios, used with permission. Audio mixing is done by Mike Graham. Give Mike a follow on Twitter at OMikeGram. That's O-H, Mike, M-I-K-E, Graham, G-R-A-H-A-M. New podcast episodes drop every other Tuesday. If you can't wait that long, tune into our live stream Saturdays at 3 p.m. U.S. Central Time on Twitch at TransplanerRPG. Also, toss us a follow on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and YouTube at TransplanerRPG. We also have a Patreon. Patrons get early access to episodes, character sheets, high-res art, and much, much more. And finally, a very special thank you to our Patreon paragons. Abigail Rytel, Azura, Brooke Bright, Charles, Cora Eckert, Lex Slater, Moonflower T, and Purple Mouse. <laughs>